Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Second Samuel chapter 6 is where I turn your attention to those of you who left your Bible at the church. Yeah. Good luck. Oh, amazing the progress that has already taken place there. We've been doing our best. If you haven't been able to be there, we've been doing our best on social media to keep you updated on the details and the visuals of what is occurring there. Oh, Pastor Lopez, you said it so well. It's what happens when the body works together. Many hands doing it with joy, with gladness unto the Lord. 2 Samuel chapter 6, you've been standing for a while. I want to read just verse 1 and verse 2, and then I will allow you to be seated. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 and verse 2. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. They were the chosen men, 30,000. And David arose, and he went with all the people that were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubim. I'd like to preach, and I don't want it to sound like a gimmick because I believe I have a word from the Lord for today, but I want to preach to you. It's moving day. It's moving day. Because what we're not going to do is be in this gym for the summer and take the summer off. We're going to baptize people right there. We're going to pray people through right here. Come on, we're going to be apostolic all summer long. Pentecostal... I need you to know something. These floors dance real well. These floors run well. This altar prays well. Come on. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Would you lift your voice one more time and pray over the preaching of the word. God, we love you. I pray that you would bless this preaching. I pray, oh God, that you would bless our minds and our hearts to receive from your word. Help me to preach with wisdom and clarity in a way that you would be exalted, that your name would be lifted up, and that the body would be blessed. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. God bless you, and you may be seated here today. I, I have you be seated with a question. That question is, have you ever moved before? If you're one of those people that the thought of loading all your things in a U-Haul wears you out, 
Just the thought of moving. Some of you are living in houses you don't even like. No, you could get more in the current market right now, but the thought of moving is too much for you. Raise your hand if you're one of those people. You said, I've done it before. I ain't doing it again. The devil is a liar. And a lot of times, there's usually one spouse that wants to, and you got to determine which is the right and which is the wrong. Just going to tell you, usually she's right. Happy wife. Mm, mm. But we did have the opportunity to move a couple of times, and one of those times was when we moved from Northeast Ohio, my family and I, to St. Louis to take a role there at our headquarters to work in our national youth ministries. It wasn't as fun as our move to Indianapolis, but it was a move that we were a part of before. And, and the company sent a, a truck. You know, when you go to move, you find out how much junk you got. Some people don't know you have junk, but you, have, you got junk. No, it's precious to you. Movers showed up. We didn't need a U-Haul. We needed one of those semi-movers. The people showed up, load up our boxes, get all of that stuff put together to move us to St. Louis. But the way that the timing worked out, we were in St. Louis and as soon as we got there, when the movers were coming, we took possession of our house uh, on like January 1st or 2nd. It was something crazy like that. And we were going straight into meetings on, I think, the 5th or 6th, just the way that that works, where national youth presidents come in from around North America, and we were doing meetings there. While we were at those meetings... My mother-in-law was kind enough to be at our new home there in St. Louis in the snow. While we were doing those meetings in a hotel downtown, the movers decided to show up. And the way you love your stuff is a little bit different than the way people love your stuff. I'll never forget my wife. She kind of just kept saying, I can't believe they're moving our stuff in and I'm not there. She had given her mom real detailed instructions. This goes in this room, this goes in that room. But when you have that much stuff, it's kind of like, just do your best to get it in the house. If we show up and there's not snow on anything, that'll be awesome. When we showed up, I don't know if anyone's ever had this experience before when we showed up we found out that in route somehow I'm not we're not blaming anyone maybe it was the way we packed it I don't know but somehow between Ohio and St. Louis we found out some of our junk was not as durable as we thought it was if you've ever moved and somehow by the time it's carried into your house a leg is missing or a not your <laughs> saw some people get puzzled like how did that happen that was a dangerous move part was chipped off of this table part was moving 
or missing off of this edge. And I can remember when we finally got to go home from those meetings and we were walking through the house, I heard these words from my wife over and over and over again. She said, you've gotta be kidding me. You know that's the nice way to say you're mad, right? What she wanted to say is, this is crazy, but she said, you've gotta be kidding me. You've gotta be kidding me. You ever said that to your kids? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me because you're killing me. Looking around, seeing all that stuff, what was precious to us was not necessarily precious to them. Please hear me clearly. To them, it was a job. To us, it was our stuff. It was what we had been acquiring through hard work and finances, some of it didn't matter much. Mostly I think we could all be in agreement that possessions we can't take with us anyway. But we would appreciate that someone, here's kinda how I feel, if it gets broke, I'd like to be the one to break it. If it gets broke, you wanna be the one to do it. No one wants to show up and somebody else broke your stuff. But to them, it was just a job. So whether it was our packaging or whether it was their moving, I'm not sure, but here's what I know. I know this, there was no letter of apology. We didn't show up to any cards that said, we hold your table in great value. Please accept our sincere... None of that because it was probably one of 15 tables they carried that weekend. It was probably one of a dozen couches they carried. To them it wasn't personal, while to us it was personal. I wanna start in our summer home with these words. This is personal to us. Well, Pastor Carson, maybe it doesn't really matter whether or not we have a move of God, whether we're on Keystone. False. This is personal to us. Pastor, I'm not sure that we can really have good church in the gym. I rebuke that in the name of the Lord. This is personal to us. So we're gonna talk about it here just a little bit today. The ark of God was not a big piece of furniture, but it was an important piece of furniture. It's kinda of like that coffee table my grandmother used to have. I've told you that story one time before. I wasn't allowed to even touch it. It was so sheen, I wanted to run from the other room and slide across it. Had those holes underneath, perfect for an army crawl. I couldn't even crawl through it. If I did, my grandmother said, hmm, hmm. Couldn't touch that thing. I don't even know what it was there for. You couldn't put a drink on it. God forbid you put your foot on it. 
But the Ark of the Covenant wasn't very big in measuring in cubits and it's been laid out a little differently. But, but, but the closest that we can gather is it's about three uh, feet nine inches long and, and, and you're just shy of two, uh, three wide and three high. It's not a, a very big box, but it was big enough and it was there built out of wood and then overlaid in gold and it was instructed from God to Moses to build with a precise measurement. And we, we know that we're able to look back at best and Oliab and see the, the intrinsic measurements that were given and the, the precise nature, but it was meant to represent the presence of God. There laid upon top was that golden seat known as the mercy seat and the two cherubim that were there and, and they were there facing towards that mercy seat of God because what do we have if we don't have his presence and we don't have his mercy? And it was given from God to Moses, but we know that during the time of turmoil that this Ark of the Covenant, this Ark of God, had been interrupted in its placement. And even there is a time where we can read that it is acquired by the Philistines and even moved at a point by the Philistines until ultimately it seems to find some longevity in its lodging at the house of Abinadab. And it sits there in that home for 20 years. 20 years it sits there. And how many know that if you are not careful, anything regardless of its value, you can grow comfort with it. You can get used to it. If you're not careful, anything that's just there, you can take for granted. And it seems to be that this is, in fact, what is occurring here. And it seems to be that it is what has taken place in these sons, one of them being the son named Yuza. Everyone shout Yuza. Yuza is one of the sons, and it has been there in the home for some 20 years. But David has said, enough is enough. I want the ark of God to get to Jerusalem. We're going to set up a central place for worship. We're going to have an area, but we cannot have good worship. Please catch this. We cannot have good worship if we do not have the presence of God. I don't want to sing some songs and call it worship. I don't want to play some instruments and call it worship. I don't want to just gather a crowd and call it worship. If we don't have the presence of God, we don't have worship at all. If we don't have the presence of God, then why are we gathering? Why are we meeting? Why are we doing this? And so he sets it in motion that he's going to bring it back. Now, there was already a very clear statement from the book of Numbers, knowing and teaching that it would be carried by the Levites. The, the Levites were to bear it upon their shoulders, and they were not to touch any holy Thing. You don't put your hands to it. I'm going to pause right here and say God doesn't need our help to manage him. Amen. God is not sitting around hoping we'll bail him out. But Yuza had looked at that box for so long that him and his brother, they, they decide they're going to build that new cart 
Most of us in this room know this story, but just in case you do not, I would like you to read on and with me. 2 Samuel chapter 6, let's go to verse 3. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart, and they brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah, and Uzzah, and Aio, the sons of Abinadab. They drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Io, he went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on psalteries and on timbrels and on cornets and on cymbals. Brother Di, they got all the instruments loaded up. They got all the instruments in the U-Haul. They got all the instruments in the caravan and they said, we're going to make this thing move. We're going to have a move of God. But the problem was they said, let's have a quick move we'll try to do worship just the same but we're gonna let's have this let's have a move but let's have a more convenient move of God Yuza said I really don't think that carrying is necessary and I, I don't know that it's necessary that we carry it we have devised this new cart we've got a new plan and while they begin to play those instruments when they came verse 6 to nation threshing floor the Bible says that Yuza put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen Shook it. He had a reason. It's not that he didn't have a reason. It's shaking. But somehow, his comfort with the presence of God made him disrespectful to the process of God. His, his comfort with the box made him lose value for God and his order. And he put forth his hand. It's amazing that it happens here at Nation Threshing Floor, the place where the chaff would be separated. The place where the wheat would, would be separated and that which would be separated could and would in fact be separated. And it seems to actually play itself out not with chaff and not with wheat but with an individual who thought that it would not matter how he tried. Here's what we want ladies and gentlemen. We want a move of God but not a manipulation of God. Mm. I want to see a move of God but I don't want to manipulate God. And I begin to pray and seek God. There's been so much work going into this move and trying to get us here to moving day where we moved from 902 Fletcher over here to Keystone. And I was seeking the face of God. And God began to pin me to the floor and ask me some serious questions. Do you want to have just a good crowd or do you want to have a move of God? Do you just want to say you had church or do you want to have the kind of church over there where I'm going, to say what I, I'm going to say what I felt in prayer. Do you want to have the kind of church right there at Keystone where people can be delivered from addictions and can be set free from bondage? And 
I begin to tell God that's what I want, then God begin to deal with me and tell me, then you got to worship there just like you would worship at the main property. Don't you be embarrassed to worship me in that school. Don't you be embarrassed to praise me in that school. Challenge my people not to take any shortcuts. I know, listen, I know this is not going to make sense to a lot of people, but I'd like about three or four people that'd be willing to just run around this building right now. Just take an old-fashioned lap around this building. Step out of your pew and take, this is just an old-fashioned ego on the floor. Don't care who sees us. If you're here and you need a touch from God, we want you to know that God is real and there really can be a move of cop. A move of cop. And I want to set I want to set something real clear. Maybe during the move, we'll show what kind of church we're going to be. I want you to hear me right now. This is what kind of church we're going to be. We're going to be a one God church. We're going to be an apostolic church. We're going to be a holiness church. We're going to be a worshiping church. We're going to be a God praising, a glory giving, a holiness living, a righteous talking. We're going to be an aisle running halter filling kind of church because we want a genuine move of God. Somebody shout, it's moving day. Be seated. When they, thank you to those who took off running. I don't even know if you wore gym shoes. Took off, took off and grabbed it. Grabbed the ark of God, put his, put his hands on it and thought, it doesn't matter. I've seen, this ark for, I've seen this ark for so many years. Ladies and gentlemen, he died. And let me tell you what will happen. A church that tries to manipulate God, we will die in the process. We might still show up and we might still have a crowd because they still had 30,000 in attendance, but they stopped the move of God. They stopped the move of God. Well, you know, here's what I think we can do. I think if we get the right song, we'll move him. I think if we get the right instrument, we'll move him. I think if we get the right slideshow, we'll move him. I don't think I can put my hands on him and move him. That's not how this works. Use a died. Name that place, Perez, Yuzah, the breaking forth against. You know what Yuzah's name means, right? Yuzah's name meant strength. And anytime you think your strength trumps his. Any, oh, man. Anytime I think because I'm strong. No, 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 no. He's strong and I'm weak in this. And Yuzah in his own strength puts his hands forth and he dies right there. And what's David do? David backs up and gets nervous and gets all kinds of trepidation sets in. And he takes that ark and he sends it over to the house of Obed-Edom. And he backs up and for three months he gets alone with God and he's overwhelmed and he's worried and he's tormented. Isn't it shocking? Three months. It's about the time we got to give to this thing. And I refuse to take a three-month hiatus from the blessing of God. Woo! 
I refuse to take a three-month break away from what I know God wants to do. I refuse to take the ark and leave it in Fletcher. When we got three months, I need the blessing. We need the movement. We need the glory of God. Be seated, be seated, be seated. Brother Watkins, three months. He goes and sticks that thing over in the house of Obed-Edom. And all of a sudden, word comes to him. You know Obed-Edom's getting all kinds of blessing. He got grapes growing that weren't growing. He's got cattle popping out everywhere. His livestock's doing better than they've ever done. He's all of a sudden, he's growing in servants. He's got blessing that he's never had before. And David didn't have to question why. He knew why. Because I took my blessing and put it in his house. I took my blessing because, listen, because I refused to do the research and move it the right way. Let me say something. This place, what we're doing today, what we're experiencing today, what we're having, Brother Matthews, it's the result of work, energy, preparation. Nobody in this room thought, well, let's just wing it and see how it goes. Brother Means didn't just show up over there with the sledgehammer and say, I don't know, let's hit some stuff. We might have done a little of that. But it was all calculated and planned out and all those teams meeting there every Tuesday night sitting in that room and diagramming and laying it and working it out and and working with contractors and getting opinions and working through how we would do it and reaching across and having designers. And and before we ever presented to the church, so much amount of homework had already been done. Seed money had already come in sacrificially. I'm going to tell you that what we're experiencing right now, unless you haven't put the dots together, started in a sacrificial offering last September in the middle of revival. That's where it started. And the effort began to happen and the work began to take place to prepare it and to get it ready because I don't want a move of God if I have not calculated the cost. And that's how David got into this thing originally. We know we just want to move the ark of God, but there hadn't been time to calculate. We need Levites and priests that'll carry. We need people that'll play instruments for the right reason. We can't just slap this thing on a new card and expect to have good church. And it got them in a place where David hides that thing away in the house of Obed-Edom. But all of a sudden those grapes are growing and the livestock's abundant. And Obed-Edom's wearing the biggest smile he's ever wore. He's got such a big smile, don't even want to pull his dentures out. He's having good, good time. He's blessed with a capital B. And David said, that's enough. (laughs) I'm going to tell you. I rejoice when somebody else is blessed, but just because they're blessed doesn't mean you don't have to be. You shouldn't sacrifice being blessed. It is his will that everybody in this room be participants in the blessing and the favor of God. You are the head and not the tail. We are overcomers by the blood. Brother Denny, what you were singing what he was singing about right up here a few minutes ago. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And David sits around for three months and they keep running to him, Brother Zach, saying, Obed-Edom's having good times. And David said, that's enough. What do we need? And does the investigation. It's worthy of investigation because they were about to give a lot They're about to give a lot. 
It's about a six-mile stretch of dirt highway from the house of Obed-Edom to get it into the city of David, the place where there's already been a preparation for the ark. We got this six-mile stretch of dirt that they've got to get it from here to here. And if you do the calculations, they killed about 2,400-plus animals of each type when they move it the second time. That's a lot of blood. That's a lot of sacrifice. But here's what they calculated. It'll be worth it if we can have a move with God. It'll be worth it if we have a move. Brother Goddard, they just decided there's not enough that we can sacrifice. There's not enough that we can give. There's not enough that we can dance. There's not enough. How often did they stop? You know the story. Every, every six paces. Six paces and they would stop. That's a lot. Brother Lloyd, that's a lot of stopping. If you're one of those guys that doesn't like to stop on trips, come on, raise your hand if that's you. Lie, you fry. Brother Turner, I don't want, we did a youth trip one time. Oh, God. It was a nine-hour trip. Now, that's a long trip with young people. We stopped 11 times in a nine-hour trip. Thought about sacrificing one of them. <laughs> 11 times. Can you imagine this? I'm a, we've seen this. Many of you have watched this illustration for years. I'm sorry for making some of you have to turn your necks right now. I just wanted to get in this second altar space and give you a preview of where we're headed. Four, five, six. That is too quick to stop. Unless you've decided that time doesn't matter. And sacrifice doesn't matter. And blood doesn't matter. Because you've come to terms with, we got to have a move of God. 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 And here's what's been happening ever since we started that thing. People have been giving financially, been giving sacrificially. People have been giving from savings. People have been working. I've now lost track. I should have been, done a better job journaling. I want to get every one of them documented. But I've already lost track of how many people have talked to me. Had another one last night in the foyer tell me, as soon as I gave to God the very next week, here's what happened and the Lord gave it all back to me. Here's what we've been doing. We've been sacrificing because we have found you cannot outgive God and you cannot outgive a move of God. Let me let me talk. Let me let me say this. I don't want to even no no clapping for a second so everybody knows in case you're a visitor. We don't spend a bunch of time talking about offerings in this church. I've been I started preaching here 2 years ago this month right here right now. 2 years ago. I think, I've I think I have got up and raised two offerings in those two years, maybe three. We just played on a video before service. Our giving has been at a level that, that... Why? Because we just know. I said a long time ago, we're not ever begging for money. It's his. It's his and we're his. And if the people get... Listen, when the people have a mind to work, when the people have a mind to give, Brother Henderson, so people have been given. They've been sowing in financially. It's not a cheap thing to take a new animal every six paces. You talk about, you talk about taking, a, taking an auction every six paces. Come on, that's a lot of gyros. 
And that blood spill out. But you can't think about future. You can't think about fortune down the road. You can't think about, well, where am I going to be for retirement? I'll tell you where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in the presence. I'm going to be in the presence of God. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed begging bread. And they would sacrifice those oxen. They would sacrifice those, those fatlings. They would give them to the Lord. And they would start playing those instruments. That's the weirdest. Everyone in this room would have freaked out. Most of the crowd would have left if I would have said today, bring in the animals. We're going to really get everybody today. You'd have grabbed your babies. You wouldn't care to, you really like the donuts and coffee, but even that. He said, I don't know that it's worth it. But in their day, that's the best they could give, and that's what they could present. And they brought those animals, and they brought, and then all of a sudden, and here come the here come the timbrel. Here come the instruments. Here come the cymbals. Come on, how many know this? The one person that didn't qualify for any other is. Had somebody tell me one time, that's a hard job. <laughs> Your mom told you that, didn't she? Your mom told you that was a hard, that was a hard job. Okay. They got it all ready. Six paces isn't very far. David, what are you doing? You know what David said? I'm getting it right. I'm getting it right. What about the Levites? What about the Levites, those that are bearing that ark? They found out it's not that bad if we do this together. <laughs> it's heavy, but it ain't that heavy if we carry this together. Brother, Brother Lopez and I, we were crazy last week. I did not know that I did not know that there was a mini marathon taking place in Indianapolis. Church had been praying for me. I had been sick. If you know me very well, being cooped up is not good for me. And I had been cooped up for a long time. I had been sick for about 10 days, 12 days, wasn't doing well. But Thursday, I, I was feeling good. And Friday, I was feeling Tony the Tiger great. And I heard from somebody that there were going to be 20,000 people running downtown in our city. So here's my witness over here. Pulled out my phone, Brother Brown. Text Pastor Lopez, I said, hey, hey, hey. you want to run a half marathon tomorrow? Three dots. No. <laughs> Maybe you forgot who this was. <laughs> Do you? No, that's not how it went. That's not how it went. Actually, his words were, I think, are you serious, was his words. Are you serious? Yeah. And I played the spiritual card, didn't I? He's laughing because he knows. I said, I don't want 20,000 people running in our city, and we're not in the mix of it. He takes back, okay. <laughs> we hadn't trained. We hadn't practiced. Two or three times we started crying because of the amount of people running in our city. And ten times we started crying because of pain. We hadn't practiced one time. 
and didn't stop. I'm, I'm just trying to get you to understand something about the 30,000 people that were there in the city that day. We hadn't, we hadn't practiced, we hadn't trained, we hadn't been running, hadn't done any of that. And we never stopped running or jogging, let's be honest, jogging. Running is a real stretch of reality. Jogging, but we didn't stop for about nine miles to get our first drink of water. And you know why? Because there were all these thousands of people around us that were running and motivating. I remember specifically one little stretch of road when they were all running and I ran by and something gripped me and I said, God, help us reach the city. And I thought they're running for a cause they don't even understand, but I'm... Here's the deal, let me tell you this. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something in front of all of you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay it bare right here and tell everybody in this room. There's no way, and I told you that day, there's no way I would have ran that long that day without you. But because you were right there running with me, we just kind of motivate each other here and there. We were feeling cramps we shouldn't have had. Found out my legs were on protest. Yeah, my quads had picket signs. But here's what I found out. As long as you kept running, I wanted to keep running. And as long as I kept running, you wanted to keep. David, why are we stopping? Why are we dancing? I'll tell you why. Because 30,000 other people are. Everybody's in this together. We've all decided together. we got to have a move of God. And I've come to tell you, we don't need 30,000, but I'd like to have about 1,000 in this building that would say we got to have a move of God, not just move our equipment, not just move our instruments, not just move our sound system. No, 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 no. we got to have a move of God. we got to have a move of God. I want you to clap your hands and give God praise in this building. I'm, I'm, I won't preach much longer, we're almost done. Here's what CCS can do for some of you in this room. For some of you, it's made you move out of your seat. Some of you in here, I wouldn't make you raise your hand, but some of you have been nervous where you'd sit because you lost your acreage. But here you are forced into a next seat. Some of you, some of you will already next week, you've thought next week I'm sitting right here. If I come and anybody's in my seat, because we're creatures of habit. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's more than moving day to here. It can be moving day in here. It can be moving day in here. It's bigger than our seat. It's bigger than our geography. It's having a move of God. Be seated for a minute. I'm going to be, I'm going to be done quickly. So here they are, they're moving it. Six steps and stop. Sacrifice, worship. Sacrifice, worship. Sacrifice, worship. Sacrifice, worship. We've come a long way from Abinadab's house. Sacrifice, worship. Sacrifice, worship. I can barely see Obed-Edom's house at this point. Sacrifice, worship. Sacrifice, worship. Sacrifice, worship. 
Since this construction process and remodel has begun, I've had conversation after conversation. We were in this house the other night carrying chairs and trying to lay them out and set them out appropriately. Brother Taylor and, and Brother Gray came to me and said, I can remember us carrying chairs in the old building. Sacrifice and worship. Sacrifice and worship. Sacrifice and worship. He said, Brother Urshan would tell me, I'm going to preach till you get the chairs moved. <laughs> He said, sometimes it was 20 minutes, sometimes it was 30 minutes, sometimes it was 40 minutes. He said, but he just preached until the chairs were moved. Why? Because the most important thing was a move of God. The most important thing was a move of God. And I want to tell you what I know you probably already know, but I feel compelled by the Lord to share with our congregation today. There are no good moves of God without sacrifice. There are no good moves of God without honor. There are no good moves of God without worship. Sacrifice, honor, worship. Sacrifice, honor, Worship, sacrifice, honor, worship. Pastor Carson, why are you saying the same thing? Because you can have a move of God here. You can have a move of God at home. You can have a move of God in your car. You can have a move of God in your cubicle. You can have a move of God inside. You can have a move of God out. If we're not careful, sometimes we box God in and think we can only have a move of God if we're in our seat or in our space. Or... I got news for you. He didn't feed the 5,000 inside. He did not fill them with the Holy Ghost in a room that looks like where we gather. Didn't look the same. It wasn't about the place. It wasn't about the size. It wasn't about the scope. It was about sacrifice and honor and worship. Sacrifice and honor and worship. And so my challenge as your pastor today is this. Let this be more than a physical move day. Let this be a heart moving day and a mind moving day where you declare for your family, here's what we're doing. We're not taking the summer off. We are not checking out for the summer but my family's going to have a move of God. We're going to have a move of God and revival. I know it's weird for some of us to think about worshiping in this space, but we are not worshiping this space. We're worshiping the God of this space. We're not worshiping this atmosphere. We're worshiping the God that fills this atmosphere. Oh, I wish you'd throw your hands towards heaven and somebody lift your voice and begin to shout with me. Ah. I want some moms and dads to stand right now and lift your hands. I want you to begin to worship for summer revival over your family. Stand with me in this room. Brother Alex, 20 years. 20 years, those boys, 20 years. 
20 years. They didn't know anything different. And so when they got out, when they got out of the regular house, it killed them. They didn't know how to worship God outside of their space. So Yuza puts forth his hand. I don't know how to do church appropriately outside. Let's change it. Since we're moving anyway, let's move. Since we're, since we're going to move, let's move him. The oxen have shaken it, so let's... The remodel has disrupted it, so let's... No, Yuza, you don't have enough strength to manipulate God. To the men and women in this room right now, I'm telling you the only way you're going to get through prayer uh, through summer here is the same way you would have there. It's prayer and fasting and seeking God. It's that statement I've been saying over and over and over again. It's sacrifice and honor and worship. Sacrifice and honor and worship. What are we sacrificing? I'll tell you what we're sacrificing. Our comforts, our conveniences, our regularity. Financially, emotionally, we're sacrificing. We're sacrificing. But we're not missing church because we honor Him. Just because we change location, my kids aren't going to think that church is optional. Whoop! I don't want my kids to think that, I don't want my spouse to think I'm not going because I don't like to do church in the school. Come on, man. Come on. It's not about the space. <laughs> Brother Sleeve, I've walked into some prisons where we had moves. Set in some of those little concrete cells, and you'd think he can't move there. Oh, he can, can't he? Tell you, he walked right through them walls. Sacrifice, honor. I've watched them in orange jumpsuits, lift up trembling hands. I've come to speak to someone, some family, and tell you it's moving day for you. God's going to help move your family to a new level this summer. It's not going to be the summer off, distraction by camps and, 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 and vacations and runaways and water days. No, 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 no. We're going to have a great summer and you're going to enjoy it. But, but it's going to be a summer where you say we're going to have a summer of sacrifice and honor and worship. I think God is trying to challenge some of us to a deeper place of relationship with Him. If you're in this room right now, we're going to try to utilize two altar spaces here. There's an altar space down front. It can't house everybody. There's a second row right across. I came and preached in it so that I could speak about it. But if you're in this place right now and you know God is trying to take your family, you feel that He's trying to take you or your family to this next level, you, you say, Pastor, i got to move.
move forward. There's God's trying to do something. He's not just trying to remodel this church. He's trying to remodel our heart. And I know it's costing me, but anything is worth it for a move of God. 